With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever you are in the world. So somehow they've left me alone by myself with uh, Mr. Dan Kang here from uh, Verify, but I think I'll be able to handle it myself. Normally, I've got a, a, a little uh, cohort here to uh, manage my ADD, but that's okay. We'll, we'll absolutely seem to make it through here. Um, that being said, let's jump right over to uh, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on today, and and we're here to eventually talk about Verify. But I really want to like start back a little earlier. So so where'd you come from, and and uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, I immigrated from South Korea when I was four years old, so pretty much been here my whole life. Uh, the The advent of, of what I wanted to be when I grew up, uh, you know, being an immigrant family, I think you just wanted to find whatever potential successes and the support of the family was always, uh, you know, pivotal for us. Uh, was raised in a family of seven. I'm the youngest of seven, and I have six older sisters. So uh, my father and I used to go fishing a lot so we could stay away from home, if you can imagine. Our sisters and her mother was very, very loving, but at the same time, uh, a lot of things my father and I didn't understand at a very <laughs> uh, uh, secluded age. But um, in growing up, uh, you know, I think the, the areas of, of interest was always uh, – you know, picking part things. I guess I was a closet inventor, or, or I was inspired to to uh, uh, figure out puzzles. So, uh, were those the baselines of uh, what I liked to do when I was growing up? I would say that's probably where it all started. Um, but as we grew, and you know, uh, the whole focus would be is, is what does success really mean? You know, as an immigrant family, I think it's a stabilizing, creating a foundation for a survival of of just the uh, the basics of life. Uh, we were inspired by my father and mother being hard workers, although they were, you know, uh, university graduates from University of Seoul. They came to the U.S. as laborers, and um, we knew what hard work was about. And, and, and I think that that ability to find uh, sources for uh, inspiration was, was pinnacle. Um, for me, I think uh, the idea of, of how communities work became very relevant in, in my young age because as immigrants, you, you rely on your, uh, your community to really support uh, small businesses and, and uh, proliferate from there. So uh, I don't know if we went too far back, but fast forward, uh, went to school. No, no, I, I, I love that thought about... <laughs> Yeah, I love that thought about community and really, you know, because yeah. to me, that's that's the biggest thing that Web3 is going to bring is communities. And sure. people are like, no, no, we have Facebook. We have all these these things. We're, we're talking about night and day of, about what a community is in Web3 versus what it is, you know, today and in previous years. What was your first exposure to, you know, blockchain technologies? When did, when did you, was it Bitcoin? Was it Ethereum? What kind of first got you on that kick to say there's something here? Um I forgot what the year was, uh, early 2000s. My nephew t- texted me, hey, what do you think about Bitcoin? I said, shut up, don't 
don't be a gambler. <laughs> that was my first experience. But, um, you know, you started dabbling in it. I think that was anything, though. This is, you know, I, my point was is this is probably what people, the, the bad guys will do. They're going to use this to use it for different industries that uh, to, you know, evade taxes, all the negative things. And, yeah, probably, I mean, uh, where did Web 2.0 or 1.0 start from and how did it go and what industries built the industry, right? So uh, that was my first experience, but eventually I dabbled in it because I thought this is very interesting because it, it resonated back to the whole idea of community. How do you walk away from the focus of capitalism and socialism? Is this somewhere in the midground of, of what the new uh, utopia may look like? So, yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and don't worry, I, I threw away my first hundred bitcoins because they were absolutely <laughs> no value and no usage. Um, so I, I can I can never claim OG status other than I said, wow, this is cool. I went to the effort to acquire them and then didn't even go to the effort to, to store them or save them anywhere logical. So it's uh, it, it's always a fun story to hear where, where people came from in the space. So... So let's go ahead and and pivot. What was the what was the core issue or or theses around what, around Verify, and then and then let's jump into what Verify is and does and how it solves that problem. Sure. I mean, um, I come from the um, uh, apparel and merchandise manufacturing industry. Twenty five years into it, so we did very well in that industry. But one of the areas that uh, was thought was is uh, uh, counterfeits. Uh, I mean, we, we face about $1.8 trillion worth of counterfeits from apparel to even down to baby formula. So the problem that I want to solve is, is, is there technology that we have that is mature enough, but uh, needs maybe a twist to it so that we can actually authenticate uh, from uh, the source of manufacturing and really look at the traceability of supply chain management. So uh, near field communication, which is a mature industry, NFCs, um, along with RFIDs, we believe, you know, the technology is there. It's maturing. Interestingly, has it been catching on more B2B than B2C? Uh, but uh, we use it everywhere from our credit cards to, uh, you know, everything that you buy in the stores have some form of a passive chip uh, embedded in products. So we thought, okay, how do I embed that back to a decentralized system rather than a centralized system? So um, about three and a half, four years ago, we said, okay, let's uh, verify authenticity and supply chain using a blockchain, hence verify. Um, and so we started to develop a technology around creating UID and uh, encasing in, in uh, a, uh, a tamper-proof product that was locked into the blockchain. And Fast forward three years, uh, we have uh, Verify. Uh, we had the foresight of knowing that it wasn't only for the utility of authentications, but the blockchain, when we embedded into an ERC-721, we didn't know that NFTs was going to be a thing fast forward three, four years later. So we're, we're very fortunate we, uh, our patents were uh, uh, applied accordingly. Um, and we believe our utility, you know, we built a pretty much the picks and acts for the uh, Web 3.0, uh, in, in our opinion, what we have. Uh, not only is the basic principle of utility built into Verify, but it opens up huge amount of integration and uh, engagement for those who tap on our products or utilize it in the supply chain management. 
So, so give me um, just, and I'm sure there's plenty of examples, but give, give me a, a very standard use case of where the blockchain is going to solve a problem that a that the current centralized, you know, servers, um, you know, would would not be able to manage. Sure. Uh, to authenticate product and to have, you know, a decentralized system of a ledger. It's all about the ledger and and obviously the smart contracts for the engagement. Uh, so those two, even those two basic principles of how the blockchain works really satisfy what we want to do. Uh, the true uh, layer two security level that we need and want to make sure that uh, it's not compromised by bad players in the industry. Uh, that's what we do. You know, you know, you could use QR codes and copy it and and paste it and, and spoof it and put them to wherever you want to put them or or uh, copy holograms i mean think of everything that's being counterfeited out there it's too easy to replicate and the bad players can replicate it over and over again to the point where some of these products you don't even know if uh, it looks better than the original product so why not so we want to make sure that uh the both players on the consumer side as well as the manufacturer really uh we got to keep everyone accountable you know i'll give you an example like the manufacturer and everyone knows about honey we we ship more honey we're talking about liquid honey bee honey we ship more honey than the world can produce every year so where is this honey coming from uh maple syrup i mean uh do you ever ask the question where do our organic food comes from we as humans just you know, are too too uh, believing in, in 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 labels. You know, non GMO. Uh, do we ever really look at is this real or not? So we wanted to create a decentralized way of creating a ledger for that traceability. I, I, I listen. I entirely stand behind the idea of being mm-hmm. able to have tying physical, real world assets to verifiable um, authenticity uh, mm-hmm. from a manufacturer or or a source. Um, so, so walk us through how Verify works, uh, and mm-hmm. and and let's kind of uh, dive into some of the details. Yeah, in the simplest form, it's an NFC product. So you could take your mobile device, which about eighty-seven percent of all mobile devices in the world are NFC capable now, and um, you would be able to go to it, our simplest form would be a, a chip, um, you know, whether it's customized, verify, or the brand's uh, chip, and um, simply they're passive chips. They're tamper-proof. You can put it on any product, and if someone tries to peel it off, it breaks it, so it's uh, it doesn't work anymore. Or it could go down into physical chips or tags that we can embed into shoes or or uh, or other consumable items. Now, now this is, and, and I want to be clear about this for anyone listening. This is not your technology. Your technology is reading it. The the NFC technology is matured. It's there's yeah, standards absolutely. across the world for this. And so, while you you have branded NFC tags and a very various things that you can use, the, the technology you're we're, we're talking about today is the ability to utilize NFC technology both in the phone and and through the various chips uh, through Correct. your app to verify the authenticity mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, and to further, uh, it's not only our app, but we're creating SDKs and mobile web versions of it so that uh, large corporations that we're working with, obviously, they wouldn't want to use our app. They want to embed it into their uh, apps or their stores. So we're creating uh, partnerships with some pretty major companies that I I won't be able to talk about, but uh, let's just say hotels. 
with uh, memorabilia companies. And we're talking about multi-billion dollar uh, companies that, yeah, why did they think of this? Well, they did. A lot of them used supply chain of RFID and NFCs, but what they didn't have was the connectivity of the blockchain. Oh yeah, I mean it's and and you know the access and having to request access to to these records and then being able to spoof them is even easier. Um, correct. Whereas the blockchain is verifiable. So interesting. That is correct. What's the what's the you, and I'm sure you probably have this and I don't have it in my notes. What's the estimated um, consumer fraud of 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 of, of counterfeit products? You know, in a year. Yeah, and one point eight trillion dollars. <laughs> Okay, so so there, there's a there's a sliver <laughs> yeah. in there that you would like to you would like to correct. Absolutely, if not whether all. it's through yeah, whether it's through our uh, our processes or not, but it is a problem that uh, we need to keep uh, companies in uh, accountable for. And I think this is governmental solutions as well. I think our customers' border patrols, our CBPs, can utilize our technologies, which we are talking to governmental. Uh, uh, entities as well, but uh, it should be in the hands of not a select group that could verify, but any common person should be able to verify for their own uh, purposes. That's what decentralization is, is that we give platforms and, and, and access to everyone, regardless of who they are. Fabulous. So do you have a, do you have a demo? Can I see how this works? Sure. Uh, um, I'll give you an example on a luxury item. It's a video of um, a proof of concept for Nike or, or any luxury item um, that when uh, with your mobile device, you'll be able to check for authenticity. But not only are we checking for the basic utility of the authenticity, we have created an opportunity for a tap engagement, meaning a consumer, a person who's engaged and want to know more about the product is authenticating, but there's also a call to action integration that we built into our product where uh, brands can now communicate on a single UID. I mean, each chip is a DNA. It's a VIN number of people know cars or it's a DNA of a human being. That product is a, now a digitally live product so that we could connect with. Um, uh, why this was important is now we've embedded into clothing. Give me one second. I'm going to grab some. Darren, can you grab me a board ape hoodie if it's up there? Now, the expansions of our utility is, is now only can we um, integrate it into uh, to digital assets, but physical assets to cross and bridge over. So imagine a hoodie, which I'll show you in a second. I'll be able to tap on the embedded washable chip in a let's say a board ape hoodie. This is a mutant. Look at that. Yeah, that's a mutant. Let me (laughs) me send you my address for one of those. Um, Super cool. And uh, and it doesn't end there, yeah. No, you know what? I just, we just, is it in the cuff of the sleeve? There you go. Yeah. So So did you do the, uh, there's one for permissionless is doing something. Like that, yeah. and um, I we just bought. I bought a couple of hoodies that that are yeah. doing this. Is that your your product? That one's probably not ours because we did an exclusive with our own assets of our apes uh, between myself and Steve Aoki and the, and a team of of uh, Dow members own quite a few board apes and mutants and doodles and etc. So we're able to create some you know cool 
benefits of owning our product. We're NFC chip, but it's also embedded into uh, our app um, so that the actual um, NFT is embedded in there. So what we like to do is, is you know, basically it pops up our app. And we could go ahead and oh, this is open. great. I, lo- I love this demo. Okay. Yeah. And then we could go ahead and read the chip. It's authenticating. It authenticated. Now, what it does is it okay. also gives us a, a pop-up of a call to action if you want to buy more products. So now there's here's the uh, engagement of the brand. If I've already bought something and I just want to go back to my original product, I could go in there and... Here's all the information of the product to verify that this is my product. Now, if I want to view the NFT, I just push the button. And now I have all the information of the ledger. So I can integrate once I own the product, I have access to my wallet, my MetaMask, and I could go ahead and drop it into the, my wallet for uh, recall. And I can now start saving all that information in, in my app. So, so that's very okay. cool. So you're you're actually giving some of these you're actually giving these util these NFTs real utility um, in, in a physical sense that they can be tied to it. So sure. um, now now obviously that doesn't that's not ownership of like if somebody steals your hoodie your 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 NFT is safe correct? That is correct. So it is like stealing a car, but you don't own title to it. So it's real world applications because people are saying, well, what if they steal this tag and everything? Well, it's worthless because just like a car, you start stealing the VIN numbers off it. It's You have a car, but it's not really worth much. <laughs> you don't have the digital assets to it. You don't have the title to it. So all the real world applications exist. And again, this is, is it's an important thing because the engagement is really strong. It's not a one-time buy and then you forget it. You got to remember all the smart contract capabilities that are built into these NFTs. You could think about the daily, every day you could come back or every minute new information could be loaded. So Board Ape or the owner or the brand could upload new engagements, new offers, new uh, specials, new new forms of uh, you know uh, golden tickets. If you want to say, you know, there's there's huge applications of the utility. So you're giving you're giving the creators a, another way to connect besides just dropping more garbage NFTs into their into Absolutely. their uh, into their wallet. So so you've created a, a a way for engagement through visitors and through owners uh, to to have utility, which is what I Absolutely. believe NFTs should be a utility, not a not not a JPEG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, it was a great applications of it. But, you know, when we first bought Board Ape, yeah, we own a JPEG of a ape that's cool art. But now it's actually an IP, it's an intellectual property. And how do we benefit from that? Well, Mickey Mouse on a sketch was a, is a IP and they were letting, there's many versions of a mouse we could draw, but why is one more important than the other? It's the content. It's the creator's vision of what that IP looks like. And now as us owners of this IP, what will we make this IP do that special and different from everyone else? Um, the utility, as you point out, Jay, is, is very important to us because it, it really begins to create that one-on-one relationship Remember, this is a unique ID. It's a one-on-one relationship. Um, 
when we when we get to decentral world away from 2.0 what decentral will do is is allow us to be really individualized and connected that's what's important to us again back to the community being identified and having having an identity so, so real quick, because I, I want to talk again. I have a, a a decent handle on both sides of the technology here, so I want to mm-hmm. you know sure. on the RFID tags, which are mm-hmm. crucial to this working. Those are generally very hackable. Mm-hmm. What, what other security protocols have you put in place? To, um, the RFID, you know, meaning meaning that somebody, a real, you know, again, we're not talking about off the shelf, but people can can replicate those tags. Um, yeah. So, so how how do you guys manage the security around these? Uh, RFID and NFC, so they're uh, similar but different uh, uh, products, obviously. RFID in terms of radio frequencies of UHFs, passives, and NFCs, which are uh, chips that are near field, so you have to be in, in contact, very close proximity to reading it. RFID portion works because we, we make uh, uh, hybrid chips, which is RFID NFC capable. The RFID portion of it is great for supply chain management so that you could take a sweeping inventory of a you know a million square foot facility in a matter of minutes and have your full inventory control up to about 98% accuracy right you you're from the industry whereas yep. the NFC portion of yep. it is just like your credit card you take your credit card and you're reading the chip on the credit card that gives you in a a unique ID so the hackable part of it anything is hackable but is it worth it to an individual to hack a single UID? What's the point of it? Yeah, maybe if you're hacking a multi-million dollar item, but it's really difficult to try to uh, sell off that that uh, that unique product, right? Gotcha. So, it, so in the in the world of of I'm just again I'm just spitballing here to understand you know the the, the risk here, and it's really. Mm-hmm it would be pretty minimal because they would have to know every single exact code of what was, so yeah. if you're, you know, a shoe, a shoe company and you want to put this in there, they would have to one-to-one match and replicate every single one of those tags because if Absolutely. they just make up a bunch of tags, it's not going to represent correctly on chain. Okay. That, that's fair. And not only that, if it did get a compromise, uh, our dashboard and capabilities to deactivate that, product so it's removed from the uh, system great the um so so let's talk about some other use cases i mean clearly it clearly there's i mean again what your, your market your your uh your, your market here is one 1.8 trillion dollars so there's a lot there yeah. um how is that how does this manage for for something like cars uh that don't sure. really just don't necessarily need you know rfid or nfc they they have tags mm-hmm. and everything allowed um but but what's your what's your target like you know clothing we just looked at what, where what's the biggest industry you guys are going to go into um, we try to figure that out, and we're very focused right now. But it's anything that has high engagement and creating new revenue streams. Uh, for instance, uh, we're working with some major hotels to uh, allow each hotel room be an experience center rather than just a room. So imagine all the products and opportunities, whether it be a, a robe or whether it be um, soap or consumable items in there that we love, but don't know where to buy it, we have the opportunity to tag everything in there and let the engagement start. In, in doing so, the hotel has a new revenue stream to partner with the brands that want to have a department center, uh, an experience center. 
and it's completely, you know, uh, activated by a tack, uh, tap on our products. So it is very highly engaged. That's awesome. Um, so, so where, where's the product today? How many, you know, people are using it and, and what's, you know, kind of the roadmap over the next, you know, six, 12, 18 months. Um, our roadmap right now is again, we've been in the industry for three years, but what's happened is that as we are just a utility company and it pivoted into this engagement uh, portion of the, our application, it is actually, I mean, it's gone quite, quite, fast is it's on a vertical rise and the ability to uh, engage and connect with one another has become uh, an amazing event so the next 16 to 18 months i would say is is uh, i don't know how to really capture all of the opportunities right now is the supply chain messing with you guys a little bit? Um, you know, I, I know some things are harder to get, but you know, I, I feel like the uh, the RFID NFC tag shouldn't be anything near as hard as as microprocessors. Uh, it is still a uh, engagement process. Give me one second. <laughs> the the engagement process has become a huge opportunity, obviously, but the supply chain, yes, definitely um, an opportunity the opportunities of us finding new resources from both the Asia importers and domestic because of some of the department of defense, uh, questions that came up too. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to re re uh, visit that and figure out different solutions. But I think because of the mature state of our industry, uh, we have great opportunities. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Um, so what's been, what's been kind of the biggest surprise you guys have had, you know, in, in recent, uh, you know, in the last, you know, six plus months of, of either adoption or, uh, deployment things that you just, again, I always look for how did the team have to pivot? What was something that you guys thought you had solved and you had to pivot to, to form a solution? Um, it was just about, uh, you know, in any business, uh, what you want to provide for our B2B side or our customers is, is everyone's looking for how to reduce their cost of goods or create a new revenue stream. So those are two key points that we focused on and realized, hey, there was an aha moment for myself when I was looking at our product and saying, you know, here's, here's something where brands should be protecting themselves. I thought that would be a given that people would want to protect their IPs, but you'd be surprised how many major brands they they want to protect themselves but they also don't really care it's kind of like you know the our 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 identity theft protection there's so many tools out there but how many people actually buy and use it people go eh you know they 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 kind of moan about the fact that their identity is being stolen but they don't do anything to protect themselves or nor do they want to pay for it so I had to figure out you know let's address it a different way how do I reduce and alleviate that by giving them a utility and then how do i uh create a new revenue stream for these brands so our nfc products or our our verify did that for businesses and that's when it started taking off i've given the business the opportunity let's give you an example of the hotels i've given them an opportunity because their suppliers of their soaps and products in their uh, in their hotels are all paid for by the hotel i said what if i could give you a partnership with soaps and suppliers that say hey i'll give you to a cost or maybe i'll just put it in there as samples 
because it gives it's a much better uh, way to engage clients anyway. I'd rather put it in your hotel rooms than than put out some ad with Google or Facebook that I don't generate any real leads from anyway. Just, just that market concept is its own business in and of itself. <laughs> like, I mean, every hotel, and, and for those of us that have done business travel, it's like there's sometimes I really do enjoy the soaps and shampoos that they give me, but I have no idea what they are the second that I, I leave the room. It's good, it's Absolutely. gone. Um, I, you know, I may or may not look it up, and, and I think that's great that they let me have it. But um, yeah, that's a huge business model. Talk to me a little bit about, about your team. Like, like yeah. you know, three years, you, you, you're, you're a mature blockchain company. So in, in blockchain mm-hmm. worlds, that's at least a decade plus you've been in business. Sure. Um, you know, what, what's your team like and, and how's it been uh, recently? Well, we have a, a, a team of a little over 30 persons. Uh, during uh, the pandemic, we were kind of off-site. Um, a lot of our developers here in the U.S. So mainly we're a software company. So we built, we were mainly focused on a platform again. I'll go back to my childhood and and the whole idea of community was always a big factor when uh, I was in the uh, in the apparel industry and once I exited that side because I wanted to kind of you know leave a legacy of something that I really wanted to do was is I we we worked on a platform called Lemonade TV which still exists we own a lot of IPs and uh, and uh, libraries of information of what how we could use that platform and lemonade tv stood for lemonade stands and wanted to create a qvc for individual people kind of an etsy but more of an interactive video uh streaming uh interactive by now uh, lemonade tv is out there uh the adoption has been slow because obviously we still have not caught up in the Western side. In Asia, it's a multi-billion dollar industry to create your own QVC type of uh, uh, streams, but it's a little slower here in the West. Uh, we have an incredible platform. We own a lot of IPs around it. Um, and so Verify was supposed to be one of the products that helped Lemonade TV, which was making sure anything sold was authenticated. So from the derivative of a byproduct where we develop Verify, it has become the main product. (laughs) Listen, and that's just the way it works. Um, And that's any good entrepreneur is going to have to make a pivot. And so really, congratulations to you guys. Um, Technology-wise, I I, I can probably guess the answer, but but what chain are you guys on and and what are you... uh, you know what? Sure. What's the uh, uh, roadmap for for adoption as you scale? Yeah, currently on Polygon Matic, so that it is uh, more of an inexpensive gas fee at this time. Uh, of course, the as we scale, will it still be useful? I mean, you know, every every chain has had its own issues, but uh, right now they've been pretty good. The Polygon chain has been a perfect use case for us. Um, uh, so that's where we're at this time. So, so when you look at scaling and you look at going, going up, you know, it, it, you know, when you're deploying millions of these a day, potentially as you, as you go mm-hmm. forward, um, even Polygon still has a cost. Is that, is that cost too expensive compared to centralized solutions or, um, you know, what, what's your guys' thought as a team? Polygon is sub one cent. So, I mean, it, it is a cost, but it's still, yeah, it, it's an inexpensive opportunity, and we'd love to pay pay it. Uh, but you know, so it's got to be paid somewhere. So, um, if in the future that we become so large, do we have to create our own chain? 
I mean, layer two, there's there, there's op- options and opportunities. I guess we we have to address that as we uh, get closer to the amount of adoption we have. Listen, I, again, I always like to just understand where, where your guys' heads are and what you're scaling. And, um, you know, Polygon is a, is a fabulous solution. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, a lot of people are going to ZK rollups. My, my question was more around the matter of when there's, when you're deploying millions a day and potentially, mm-hmm. you know, in some of these things, millions an hour, you know, sure. it, it, it's, yes, it's a, it's a fraction of a penny, but it all adds up pretty quickly when you're dumping that much in. So uh, something like sure. a ZK rollup would, would make a little bit more sense, but you know, that was also this thing. Does it, does it even matter, um, to, to your, to your consumers at this point, the people that are adopting, um, you know, yeah. it's a little bit bleeding edge technology. Um, have they, have, do they bring that up or is that a, just something you guys made a decision? No. It's more of our tech team deciding uh, where the pivots should be, and you know we we don't actually have to be isolated to one or, or one chain technically um, because we can be Ethereum based. It's we're we're very capable of pivoting into anywhere. Remember, our system is uh, we don't have to mint it at that moment in time. We could hash it and then mint it on a need basis as well. So we can, that's, you know, that, that's very true. Yeah. You, you can wait till 2 a.m. and then batch them all out. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we could also probably build our algorithms to uh, to mint on, on depending the traffic. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, I, I think the big point is is that, uh, you know, we, we look at our business three points. It's a uh, basic is the utility function of it. Uh, but to our consumer's eyes, it's the ability for engagement and it's decentralized engagement. So we call it decentralized marketing. It's a one-to-one value of one-to-many, but in reality, we want to make sure that the brands start looking at each product that they put out there uh, with uh, integrity and accountability and presenting uh, uh, the products in a more less than a mass adoption, but more of a real engaged opportunity. Uh, I know it sounds very philosophical, but the reality is we have like you said, just too much junk out there in how do we really relate back to uh, and being really conscious of what we're consuming. And these reviews and these relationships that people have between the products, how do we make a peer-to-peer sustenance value rather than, you know, bogus reviews? Uh, how do we reward uh, uh, our, our communities in doing so? And a lot of this information came from my 14-year-old son, um, I had him do a white paper uh, explaining to me his position on how Roblox and Minecraft has actually laid the groundwork for the future of, of uh, Gen Z and our 3.0. And, you know, he was right on. And, and he said, I'll go back if, I'm, if I make money off of and I'm rewarded. So capitalists at best. Uh, I see how Roblox and everything is out there is that the whole opportunity for them is, is I want to enjoy my life, but at the same time, I want to be rewarded in doing that and having that engagement. So I thought, you know what? That's the core human uh, capitalistic idea, I suppose. It, it, it's a very, it's very interesting, um, and and I've got a fourteen year old son. The same thing. I I'm, I'm constantly like, what does this mean to you and your friends? Because like, yeah. I, we're just you know at this point, like it, it, the world that we're building is theirs, and it's hard to sometimes go ask you know a kid in junior high like, how do you want us to build this? Because sure. <laughs> they're sure. like they don't understand money, they don't understand jobs, but you know this is the technology for the next you know three to four decades uh, plus, and Absolutely. you know thinking of how long the Swift system's been around. 
How do you guys, so, so I'm going to jump into kind of a, my metaverse question. How sure. will you guys manage? And we see this constantly at, at, at least two startups a week saying, Hey, we make luxury brands, NFTs. Yeah. And my question to them all is always, how are they coupled from a luxury NFT to a luxury brand? And their answer is generally it's not. You sure. have the ability to do so to actually, like if I want this red ball to appear in, in in the metaverse, you have the ability to verify that I own it and verify it's in my wallet and and, and do a variety of things. How, what's the vision on on uh, kind of the, the blending between physical, digital, and the metaverse? Yeah, so uh, I think our our product is that uh, the 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 beauty of it is that we built the tool to bridge the two. Um, the uh, give me a second. I'm going to interview. <laughs> um, let's start over on that. Uh, the 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 opportunity for our verify is the actual tool as a. Um, a bridge between all of those that we just spoke of the IRL to the digital world and metaverse. Um, so that connectivity for us to connect a product and creating a unique ID and tagging it. Now I could actually take that ID and move us into multiverse. So I give a, a lot of our uh, clients an example of a, a video that was done by a group called aha. It's uh, you know, I'm aging myself, but that song, you know, um, uh, from AHA, there was a, uh, a song called Take On Me where a person is in the real world and they jump into a TV and they're in this uh, avatar uh, animated version of themselves. That's the metaverse, right? So can I take yep. my, my wearables or my physical products that is verified, which has a connectivity and in the NFT, if I jump into these multiverses, will I have a library of how that wearable should look like in each multiverse that I enter? Yes. So our long path is, is that now that we have that connected bridge that we bridge all our physical products to, can I take and wear that in any multiverse? As long as each multiverse gives us the, uh, the code of the uh, library to build, yeah, now it's uh, interoperable in our p- position. I can now take my hoodie and wear it in Sandbox or Decentraland, and it'll just look different because that world is a little bit different from the world that I just came from, but the connectivity is the same. So w- with a lot of these you know, things, the, the data is what's huge. And, mm-hmm. and while there's, there's clearly a, a function and a, and a use case for the user and the manufacturer, what's the data side of this look like? I mean, I can imagine a world where um, I, I hope there's shopping malls in the future, but you know, yeah. people are walking, walking into malls and you know, thousands of verify tags are being read as people walk through, um, helping with marketing, helping with understanding where the trends are going and who's wearing what, um, instead of sure. trying to do the, the, uh, visual, like, you know, where they have, they pay people to stand in a crowd and go, you know, 17 pairs of Nikes, 12 pairs of Adidas, yeah. you know, so is that, is that a function you guys have, have debated on? Uh, absolutely. And if the consumer, the account holder of the app, uh, wishes to, uh, have information, which they do, it's, it's a collectively, it's a, uh, we're not forcing any uh, data from them, but they're tapping on it. So it's actually really high engagement. If the person is tapping on a product, that's already the initial engagement that, hey, I'm interested. So my data will probably be worth, be worth a lot more than 
you know, unsolicited spam emails or texts or whatever is going out there in terms of the marketing. So that $720 billion ad industry, I think we're creating a very great use case for the people who actually, if I'm tapping on this product and I'm tapping on luxury products and I'm tapping on certain types of organic foods, what data am I harvesting from that? Some very, very, very tight and closed information that's usable. Um, and so just to peer into what our revenue stream will look like, we as a partner now could help bring in new revenue streams from, let's say it is a water company or a consumer product company. Maybe it's a Fiji water and Fiji water, their profit margin is two cents a bottle. Well, if I have a verified tag on there and there's a complementing product that would love to advertise along with Fiji, that's a moving bus or a sponsored race car creating new advertising revenue streams that uh, it, it's all about distribution. And a Fiji water drinker has a very special um, demographics, right? They like something about it and oh, who are their complementing products, yeah. So by that same note, I, I and again, point around your website. There's there's clearly the manufacturer. Uh, you know, they create, they're create, they're they're logging these NFTs. They're creating uh, the the, account, the accounts, and then there's the user side. If myself as a user, and and I'll, I'm a photography, you know, geek and whatnot, and so I'm always having to to inventory my all my gear for the insurance company um even if my camera doesn't have a verify tag but it does have a serial number am i able to import that into to my you know am i able to use this for cataloging cataloging anything or is it is it restricted to verify products um technically right now it's for verified products maybe in the future path we can but uh if you look into some areas of the app it shows everything that i've uh, tapped uh, they're recorded uh, as my history so i could always go back and rebuy re uh, relook at it even though i'm not tapping but i have that uh, uh, and i can now save products so that hey i really like this product and some and if i want to rebuy i just want to be able to go somewhere where i could bring that information back up and and buy again Again, yeah, the I mean, future like holds I said, huge I, opportunities. I, yeah, no, I, I can speak to the counterfeit thing in, in numerous cases because, again, going back to the photography side of things, um, you know, when I buy a, a lens from a, a third party or an eBay, whatever the case is, it, the, the steps you have to go through to get that serial number, go to the go to the manufacturer's website, enter yeah. that in, you know, and jump jump through all those hoops is, is quite onerous versus, you know, if I'm in a store and I just want to say, is this a real lens, yes or no, um, sure. to have that that verify that quickly is, is I mean, again, the use, case, the use cases for this are fabulous. Um, sure. what, what is it going to take for, you know, what, what's your adoption level today and, and where's your, your goals, uh, through, through kind of the next year or so? The adoption rate is, uh, right now, because we focus on some very, uh, high level businesses, we have not been deploying it. There's a lot of smaller uh, businesses that want to adopt it, which we're more than happy to uh, put them on the wait list. Uh, but we needed to have more adoption and user, um, friendly ways of, uh, of educating the community. So right now we're focused on some very large verticals that the deployment for 2022, 2023 will be in the millions of units. But we want to make sure people understood the technology a lot easier and, fo- and we focus in that area than trying to diversify to smaller capsules. Once it's done, I think the smaller capsules and brands will uh, be, it'll be a lot easier for them to educate their community rather than trying to go the opposite way. 
Perfect. Perfect. Um, well, this is, I mean, again, absolutely fabulous, and I love it. So uh, it, you, you're you're a board ape uh, geek, and you got all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff. What are you seeing mm-hmm. in and around Web three, uh, whether it's NFTs or or any type of technology that's just kind of got you excited? Well, we consult with a lot of main brands, and in, in, uh, I'm a people know will probably know who I am, but I I have a little Instagram page where uh, I, I I'm a collector and and user of uh, hypercars, so Koenigseggs, Paganis, uh, Lamborghinis. The, those are my hobbies that became a interesting way to really connect and network with people, um, and. Because of that hobby, we I, I found the opportunities of of where three O is going to go. And again, my legacy of community became a, a, a very important topic. And uh, one of those things that we're consulting with some uh, uh, auto industries is the metaverse as a a proving ground. Kind of, if people understand what Linux was, it was a peer to peer group uh, idea of 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 closet engineers and, and scientists that could create and develop the Linux system as an open source program. So our proposition to one of the brands and auto um, uh, brands is, I think you should create a metaverse of your world where closet or stay at home inventors, designers, and people could come and be rewarded through an NFT drop. All the proceeds of that NFT will be as used as a reward system to come back and develop your next car, develop your next designs, your technologies. How beautiful would it be to create that roadblocks effect for the real world? Now we're going the opposite way. If we can get people to come in and start gamifying and designing cars out of a hobby or real engineering expertise and rewarding them they think that you'll probably find those diamonds in the rough that's going to be true and immense powerful engineers that can help you take your company to the next level and now this become a community brand it's a win-win situation if you really think about it no, I, I, I think it's a fabulous way to look at it, and it's a way to kind of open up, in, in some of the cases, uh, what's a very exclusive membership to, to allow other people that just want to be fans, they want to be inclusive, a, a way to be inclusive while still rep, while still recognizing uh, the, the, the exclusivity of the actual project. Um, Absolutely. And so I, I think it's a fabulous one. Sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of historic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There'll be historic so, events so Dan, around how, um, it because of, of how even if we look going, at historic go, go, go. events of, sorry, just historic events of like uh, when you look at the uh, Brooklyn Bridge or some monuments that we have in our real world, there's names and inscriptions and histories of provenances of my great-great-grandfather worked on that bridge, those stories, and I think the metaverse should be that. No, I, I think it's one of those things that... that looking back on an interview like this today, 10 years from now, we're, we're really going to be like, Oh my God, we, we had no idea what was coming. Like the, the best, sure. the best technologies uh, for web three most likely haven't been invented yet. That's how early we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I absolutely believe that, that what verify is doing um, is a, core concept that's needed uh, to, to validate uh, things on chain and to move forward. So, uh, Dan, how if people are interested, they want to know more, how, how can they get a hold of you? How can they get a hold of Verify and, and start using, using and testing your projects? 
Um, sure, there's info on our website. Um, again, um, you could contact me in my email. Uh, it's dan.k at lemonade.tv. Uh, I do have a verify address, but uh, I stick with my lemonade um, email address just because uh, there's been interesting, you know, a whole nother topic, but that whole industry in itself, I, uh, our legacy of, as a company is to create more and more lemonade stands for our community. I love it. I love it. Uh, why Wills, uh, thank you guys so much for your time today. This is Dan King with Verify and Dan, hang out here for a second, but for everyone else, we'll see you soon. Why Wales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.